You cannot sing like Michael Bolton can sing and not expect me to be in love with you oh every God, time you sing. Oh my genuine love in your eyes. Oh, Eve. like... Yeah, you look, you look like you're talking about someone you know and love for years. you up your glow. I mean, yes. don't make me sing his songs, but I'll just like... Some of his lyrics, like, how can we be lovers if we can't be friends? Like, marry me immediately. Welcome to Girls With Goals. I'm Neve Marr and I'm delighted to welcome to studio my guest panellist this week, radio presenter and head of social media and digital content with 98FM, Rebecca Shackleton and deputy editor of OneFabDay.com, Selena Murphy. Ladies, you're very welcome to the show. We're going to start things off with our favourite game. It's called Six Words or Less and it's for our listeners and our readers of Her.ie who may not know who you are. So you have to describe yourself in Six Words or Less. So I think we'll go to Rebecca first because I feel like you're very prepared for this yeah it was it was kind of hard six words is a, a short amount but it is I've thought about it long and hard so I play music and make memes oh, nice that's me in six words wow you've really summed it all up there yeah, that's it guys there's nothing more to me <laughs> <laughs> So you make memes for your job? Yes. Okay, we're going to talk about your job in a second. Selena, six words or less? Mine is eccentric old lady in training. Oh. I am very excited to peak at 65. That's my <laughs> life goal. And a lot of my friends tell me that I'm kind of already there mentally. So, Do you feel yeah. like you've been an old woman trapped in a young person's body your entire life? I do. I'm 30 going on 65 for sure. But that's, that's cool. Why not? Yeah. I think the women who I know who are in their 60s just seem to have so much of their stuff together yeah compared to us 30 something so that's why I'm and they don't give a don't they not they just don't care no they just seem to have relieved a lot of the pressure off themselves that our generation is not super good at doing and also they dress fab come on they do dress fab Uh, onefabday.com your deputy editor of so tell us how you got to that point in your career and tell us about the site as well so um I started off in journalism working for Hot Press. Yeah. Uh, I freelanced here and there for years. Then for the for about four years, I worked for the Irish Daily Star. And then I got this job in one fab day. So there's no real stream going through there. I went from music to lifestyle and features to purely weddings. Yeah. So I, I don't really know how it happened. It just kind of materialised. And Working for One Fab Day is so nice because all of the stories are about people's happiest day of their life. Well, yeah. So it's kind of the dream after trying to convince celebrities to tell me if they're pregnant or not. (laughs) (laughs) It's a tough one to do, but I do have to say about weddings, that's one of my guilty pleasures, which we're going to talk about in a moment. Rebecca, radio person. I love it when I have radio people on. Yes. I feel like I'm like coming home. So tell us, how was your... Did you always know that you wanted to be in radio? I think so. Like, from a young age, I used to... um, it's kind of embarrassing. I used to have a karaoke machine in my bedroom. Um, so in I your used bedroom? To, in my room, yeah, random. Um, but I used to record over the intros of songs and make little mixtapes for my parents. I so used I to made do a that Christmas too. one. Yes. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Tiny little radio presenter. Yes, little radio presenter. Just like pressing play and record at the same time. Yeah, hoping Nailing to it. hit the vocals. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> when I was when I finished my Leaving Cert and I was going to college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was going to maybe study English or because I like to write or else do drama or 
something but I'm not really a good actress so I was like cop on don't do that um, so I decided to do film and broadcasting and DIT um, so I did that for a couple of years and I started doing the uh, college radio station so did DIT FM got a real kind of I got the bug for radio and then I moved into spin and I was a newsreader for a couple of years mm-hmm. um, and I really loved all the online stuff when I was in spin so a job came up in 98 and that is where I am now and I'm their head of social media and digital content so I write all their web stories I make memes I get to interview cool people um, and I also present shows so I get to do a bit of everything so let's, I'm very lucky Let's talk about memes for a second so where do you get your inspiration for a meme? Do you see something and go that's going to be my next meme. Yeah, kind of just, it just, I like to make content that that's going viral, kind of give it more of a Dublin spin because okay. 98 is a Dublin station. So yeah. try and make it funny for people who are living in Dublin and are around my age or a little bit older. Do you feel pressure about whether or not your memes are going to be funny or not? I'd feel pressure, I feel. Sometimes they're not. Like sometimes you're like, oh, that is so funny. And then you put it up and people are like me. You have to use your gut instinct, I'm guessing. Yeah. If something stops you in your tracks, you're like, that will probably make a good meme. Yeah, yeah, and you just, I don't know, Yeah, it is a good in- instinct. It's just, you, you just see it and you're like, I'll just try it. And sometimes as well, if it doesn't do well, like, you know, it, no one's, it's not a big deal. Gave me a laugh, hey-ho. Yeah, yeah, made me laugh. What's your best performing meme? Oh, that is a hard one. What is my best performing meme? Um... Trying to think of a recent one. Yeah. Oh, I'm on the spot now. This is what happens. You're like, what happened? What is Maybe, your greatest piece of work you've ever created? Maybe something from the Eurovision. I like. I live tweeted the Eurovision. There is a scene. I don't know which com- uh, which country it was, but there is a group of lads all lined up together. They're all like Vikings. Oh yeah, I think they were um, Denmark. Denmark. Oh yeah, yeah. It was Denmark. Yeah. And, oh, uh, they were. They gave me all kinds of goosebumps. Oh, I yeah. really liked them. They I were found good. them very threatening. That's yeah, terrifying. I mean, it it's was like, are they charging me? Are they going to come off the stage? through the TV it attacked me I definitely did think like you wouldn't want to be in front of them if they were invading your country but no. in terms of the Eurovision I thought they were a good crack I liked the whole flag and the marching along and I don't know I was into it they were powerful so I uh, I, I like their beards okay? beautiful hair I, I was really, just going to say yeah, I liked beautiful their beards beautiful long hair yeah. great grooming <laughs> terrible <laughs> marching yeah <laughs> so I made, I made a meme out of them I was like when you leave the club with your mates to get chicken nuggets <laughs> okay. and that was I think that was probably the, yeah that was probably the most popular meme I made recently I actually was talking to someone who was live tweeting the Eurovision while she was live tweeting it and the absolute pressure I don't know like I was enjoying all of the live tweeting so I was watching it and I was just on Twitter at the same time but I don't think I could deal with the pressure of live tweeting an event like that It's really hard to get the screenshots of people and then when people make gifts I'm like how did you do that so fast? Did you just step away from the TV when the stage was invaded because I would just be like no can't do this Yeah I did I actually didn't even know when that happened I didn't even notice it and then I saw it on Twitter I don't know what I was doing I must have just been in the middle of making a different meme. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it has been a tough few weeks for everyone and I think that it is only fitting that we indulge in a little bit of guilt-free therapy. So I decided that this week we would talk about our deepest and darkest, guiltiest pleasures. So before we kind of get into the topics that I've graciously provided you in terms of my own guilty pleasures, is there anything that you want to share with the table before we get into it? I think I have some guilty pleasures that I have no guilt about but maybe other people would see uh, yeah okay I understand that so like doing karaoke at home on my own okay you both do that I love a bit of karaoke on a Saturday when I need a boost <laughs> okay so, you know get, you. get the day going um, just also, on your own like Saturday morning yeah right. I mean I have to wait until my boyfriend's out of the house because he doesn't want to wake up to that <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but when I'm on my own it's all good it's my safe space um 
other one is dance cardio which oh. I do via YouTube. Oh, really? Which is great crack, but would probably be more so if someone caught me doing it. Okay. <laughs> but it's it's good cardio and it's a bit of crack and there's always some Ariana Grande on the go. So it's great. So this is a YouTube channel and you kind of like move the furniture out of the way yes, in your living room and exactly. you just go for it. Yeah. That's okay. I used to do that. Well, me and my mother, when, when I was younger, we used to watch Jane Fonda. Yeah. On the tape recorder things that they used <laughs> to have. The VHS. Yeah. The LVHS. Yes. And uh, me and my mom going with our pints of water and we'd push the couch back and we'd watch Jane Fonda. I had no idea what I was doing. It was, but it was like early 90s, so aerobics was all the rage. Yeah, I'm trying to bring back the home workout, but it's hard because how do you make a movement when it's just you and, your <laughs> yeah. and nobody else is there? Nobody knows you're doing it. That's okay. Now now lots of people know that you're doing it. Exactly. So Saturday morning karaoke's and also dance cardio. I don't think yeah. that they're anything to be guilty of. I think they sound delightful. Yeah, um, I refuse to feel guilt about them. I'm like, can I live with you? It sounds great. <laughs> oh, come over to mine. It's yeah. great. I'm also going to Google the dance cardio things. I didn't know that was Yeah. Great. Oh, I have some recommendations for you. Okay, one guy in particular fast. is great. I do have one guilty pleasure that I do feel guilt about and also related to YouTube and it's watching YouTube vlogs. Oh, like yeah. the vloggers who vlog their lives. Yeah, you yeah. can fall into a deep, dark vlogging hole very and quickly. I don't want to be mean about the people who make the content because, you know, they're doing it and it's their career or whatever but I just know that if I wasn't watching them I'd be listening to a podcast or an audiobook and I'd be feeding my mind a bit better okay whereas the YouTubers who are just like here's me going to get a coffee and look at my Lamborghini I'm 19 isn't this great (laughs) those people and I do think they all seem like nice people and they're not trying to push any agenda but they are kind of selling you stuff at the same time yeah and these are usually people who have accounts and they would do videos but then they would do like a vlog at the same time yeah. so they would kind of live vlog I've I've kind of stepped away from watching that because I did get really 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 into watching vlogs for a while and vlogs for, of people who are 6, 7, 8, 10 years younger than me mm-hmm. which I really don't have that much in common with yeah. but for some reason I just found it fascinating I'd be like oh they're going to Tesco like which Tesco are they going to yeah. are they going to the big one is this going to be the big grocery shop yeah. is this like, going to be the big shop or the little shop and then I was just like mm, I'm too invested in yeah, this. Yeah I could be listening to an audiobook in yeah. the time that I'm doing this. But I mean sometimes, it, but sometimes it's okay to just let your brain go Meh. like I feel like that's kind of what a guilty pleasure is as yeah. well like you don't always have, have to, to be, be utilising your time appropriately and I think that's kind of why I wanted to do this episode as well because I think everyone's just a little bit knackered at yes. the moment We sure are. We sure are. Rebecca what about you? Any kind of guilty pleasures that you want to own up to? Um, For me I like to see people's houses so if I follow any any bloggers or anything like that I don't really care about like their clothes or makeup or anything I'm always like oh what's their bedroom like where do they get that duvet so I'm a bit I'm a bit kind of nosy when it comes to homewares yeah um for me I think I don't really feel guilty about my guilty pleasures but I still regularly watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch like I go on to YouTube and watch it. Okay, I, it so I was going to ask, where do you watch that? Because what a show. Well, but there's also- a couple of websites, which I'm not going to say. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, I just because watch Because it's illegal. Old. Yeah, because it's, it's illegal. Yeah. Yeah, but I there are these couple of... Yeah, there I don't be. think they did do a box set, but there's a couple of episodes on YouTube. So right. it's up there. I mean... I'm going to watch it. I think they're making a reboot of Sabrina as well. Yes. I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest yeah, with you. Do I. I don't yeah. think... I, imagine Salem Saberhagen being kind of evil. 
Is that what he's going to be? I think it's meant to be more dark and twisty and oh, chilling. Oh, they're always and trying to take things and make them more dark and I know. twisty. I know. Like, sometimes I want things to remain light and fluffy. Exactly. Yes. Serena the Teenage Witch was mm-hmm. a classic. In terms of, like, guilty TV, we're going to talk about reality TV in a moment. Um, but one of my guilty pleasures, which I actually only just realised happened, like, in the last few days, and that was the royal wedding. So oh, yes. it's done and dusted now, obviously, but it is the content that just keeps on giving. The whole world went bonkers for it. And I've always kind of felt like, not that I'm not a fan of weddings, like if I know the person, it's great crack and stuff, but I was absolutely hooked from the moment I started watching at like 10am. I was just absolutely hooked. Everybody went mental for it. Yeah. I mean, I'm presuming you were watching it, Selena. We were. um, Live blogging. Yeah, me and my editor Claire were live blogging. So what you were talking about earlier Mm. rang true because we were desperately like, someone get a photo of James Middleton's beard quick. Yeah. he looked yeah, dapper. we we weren't really sure because our readers are very practical and they mm-hmm. want practical information. They want checklists, they want pre-made Spotify playlists, they want inspiration information. We weren't really sure if they were going to care about the royal wedding, so yeah. we kind of drip-fed content about it. And like, for example, when the information came out about the wedding cake, I did a big post about how to get the wedding cake and stuff like that, which we were, I was able to do a month before because they were giving us all of this information in advance. Yeah. By the, I mean, Kensington Palace. Uh, not personally issuing it to me, but... Selena, listen, we've yeah, got the cake. We've got the cake via, you're ready to go. Um, but on in the couple of days leading up to it, everyone got on board and I knew they would because there were a few polls like a few weeks before that asked Irish people were you going to watch the royal wedding and they were all about 50-50 yeah and I remember thinking ah lads come on like you're going to turn it on I know it seemed like people were kind of saying that they weren't going to watch it and then everybody just did and I actually had a hair appointment bang smack at the time that she was going to arrive at the church and I was so close to cancelling it but I was like no do you know what it's probably going to be on in the salon and I got there and it was on and I've never seen a salon shut down all the hair dry turned off and everyone just gravitated towards the TV for the moment that she was getting out of the car and it was pretty magical a few people were getting emotional and stuff now I didn't get emotional but it was pretty magical oh we got so excited our marketing manager Joanna hosted us in her house and did like a big tea party for us so we were working but we were also having the crack Yeah. and every time anything happened we would just start screeching bathroom breaks were really difficult so you'd go <laughs> run to the loo and then someone would be like the veil the veil's yeah. coming off you yeah. know? and we'd all start squealing it was great crack I have and what, to say. Did you, what did you think Rebecca I'm I, guessing you watched it I didn't really care about the royal family that much like I always loved Diana growing up but yeah. I didn't really care about it until I watched The Crown and I was like oh oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with the Queen. I know. I'm obsessed with her corgis, everything. <laughs> so so this time, I was in Nookrove in Pennies and I was running back to make sure I didn't miss when, when Megan got out of the car because yeah. I just wanted to see her dress. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I think it's one of those things you're like, I don't care about it and then it's on and you're like, oh, there's blah, blah, blah and David Beckham, ding dong. Oh, oh yeah, I know. Great talent at that wedding. Yes. It was an incredibly talented wedding. Um, in terms of the dress, what did we think? I thought it was I thought it was beautiful yeah. it was simple I don't think she was ever going to upstage Kate Kate's mm. dress I thought it was beautiful uh, I know a couple of people have said that they thought it was slightly ill-fitting, ill-fitting. Yeah. yeah the sleeves um, but what's funny is that none of us noticed that 
for about four hours because we were so blinded by how gorgeous she was. She just looked so happy that it actually didn't matter if no, the sleeves yeah. didn't fit the that well. The second dress was amazing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, and the thing is, I think the second dress is more attainable because you're looking at the second dress and you're like, I could totally pull that off. Yeah, yeah and, and you could dance in it. It's yeah. like a wearable dress, whereas even though her dress, her first dress was quite classic, it yeah. was very cumbersome for her. So you're kind of delighted for her when she got into the second dress. There was yeah. a little bit of, um, I suppose there's been a bit of drama since then kind of you know the way like rumours and a little bit of gossip trickles out so obviously one of Harry's exes was at the wedding Chelsea Davy, and they were together for about seven years and she was there and unfortunately I think it's unfortunate because she was just sitting there you know as a guest and they memed her like yeah. they absolutely they memed the shit out of her so it was just <laughs> like she was just thinking like what could have been and all this kind of stuff and then there's been stories and reports since then of course none of it is unfounded because we don't really know but that apparently there was phone calls between the two of them and that they were both wearing the same bracelets and stuff but I mean seven years is a really long time and a lot of people were were being like you know fair play to her for going to this wedding at all but I don't know if I would be comfortable going to an ex's wedding what do you guys think? I think I, think I would her. go but it would be like that feeling when you're at the wedding of like your partner's third cousin where you're kind of like oh this is lovely but you don't feel particularly strongly either way Yeah, I feel like I'd be able to distance myself from it but then I don't have an ex who I dated for seven years that seems to be and it's not like people weren't time. going to talk about her like she must have known herself that they were going to talk about the fact that she was there and they were she probably knew that they were going to make a meme out of her oh, yeah. before the media loved that narrative of just like the ex-girlfriend and I know, uh, all that what but she could have had and maybe they're just up. mates now though like, she's probably secretly delighted she's probably like I'm loving my life now and yeah. I don't think she wanted to be a royal I think that was one of the problems that they had of course I know this because I'm just <laughs> you're very close to Harry I'm so we close all know that. you're like yeah. tell me Harry tell me yeah so I was, I was talking to Harry and he was just like mm, you know she's not really into it um, but yeah I don't know I think like fair play to her for going it wouldn't be something that I would be super comfortable with because seven years is a long time no matter how much your best friends with the person like this isn't just going down to the local church like there was two billion people watching this (laughs) and she was just sitting there going like hi hi lads Um, anyway fair play to her we are going to take a quick break now when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more about guilty pleasures and maybe some awkward crushes as well I'm joined on the line now by Rachel Winitsky, a comedian from New York City. She'll be in Ireland next week, along with her comedic partner, Nicole Silverberg. They present Mouth Time, a podcast that runs on Reductress, a comedy satire site that aims to take on the absolute best and the worst of women-focused blogs. So what would you consider the worst form of female content out there at the moment, Rachel? Um... I mean, it's tough to say because obviously we're a parody of women's media, but uh, it's also in many ways an homage to women's media. Uh, I think that there's a lot of women's media that's doing really great things. Uh, The one thing that really bothers me is probably just, you know, websites and magazines that try to tell you that there's only one way to be a woman, uh, that you have to like follow these steps to be a woman or you shouldn't be wearing this because you're too old or you're too this or too that. So uh, we're definitely parading that idea of like, there's only one way to be. (laughs) Um, But there's also a lot of women's media that like 
maybe had that reputation in the past that I think now in 2018 has really turned it around. I mean, I I do think as well, like sometimes we can bitch and moan a little bit about these types of sites and and we blame, um, I suppose, women sometimes for consuming this content. But at the same time, a lot of us are the people who are driving that traffic. So, I mean, do you kind of tie sure. do you tie that into the website a little bit as well? And that even though sometimes these headlines can be incredibly, you know, misleading at times, but at the same time, a lot of women click on them. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, something that word that we deal with too is that there's nothing wrong with wanting to have great makeup and great hair, and like, there's nothing there's nothing shameful about embracing that type of femininity uh the the problem like i said is just in thinking that that's the only way to be a woman but yeah we're definitely like deriving a lot of our comedy from this from this idea of like women's clickbait and how even when you see a piece where you're like this seems really problematic you secretly kind of want to click on it just to see what it's about i mean i think like looking at reductress the website in general and how it's kind of grown over the years did any of you know when you got involved that it was going to be so huge and that it was going to strike a chord with so many women because now you do live theater shows and you do podcasting and things like this so it's it's definitely hitting women kind of I suppose where where it's needed but did any of you have any idea that it was going to blow up so huge at the beginning you know I wasn't um in the room necessarily when it was first being launched to know what Beth and Sarah thought about it but I can say that uh as an outsider as somebody else who was just in the comedy community looking at this thing that had just launched to me it seemed immediately like it was going to be a big deal. I mean, it's, it's such a, it's so, it was such a, it was something that was so ripe for parody. And I remember, you know, looking at the first few pieces that went up on the site and just feeling finally like there was something out there that felt really relevant to me in such a specific way. So I, I hope that that's how they felt as well. And so you're coming to Ireland for the Kilkenny Cat Laughs Festival, which is happening next week. So what can people expect from the show? So we're going to be doing a live recording of our show Mouth Time, mm-hmm. which is uh, our podcast hosted by myself and Nicole Silverberg. We host in character as uh, these two women named Quan and Dakota and I like to describe them as like lovable dumb idiots uh I'm very excited I think they're a very distinct brand of like just like really valley girl American uh PR women who uh I'm very excited to bring Ireland where I'm sure they'll be welcomed with open arms but we'll be uh, interviewing Allison Spittle, who will be our guest, and we're really excited to meet her. Um, she'll be doing some of her stand-up, and then we'll talk to her afterwards. Um, and we'll be doing some banter. We'll probably have a little uh, little conversation about how confused we are about Ireland and how different it is from New York Times Square, where we both live. And uh, I think it'll be really fun. Have you ever been to Ireland before, Rachel? No, this is such a dream come true. I can't believe. <laughs> and in your in mouth time, you do. Um, it's obviously it's kind of satire, and you're you're putting on accents. So can you attempt an mm-hmm. Irish accent for me before you go? Oh my god, <laughs> my worst nightmare. Really? I went to I went to I went to school for theater 
and I'm really bad at accents. Uh, uh, what sh- what should I say? What's like the most Irish thing you can say? Oh God, I suppose top of the morning to you is pretty Irish. I'm cringing. Like, I'm cringing so hard right now. Apologies. I'll, I'll say it. Say it for me so I can hear it, and then I'll do my best. <laughs> well, I can't say it the way people say it, but the way that it's right. said because is. How would you say it? Well, I wouldn't say it, but if I had to say it, I would say top of the morning to you. Ugh. That's so fascinating because as far as I know from being uh, an American woman, the way that you're supposed to say that, and hopefully your listeners will learn a little something, you're supposed to say top of the morning to you. <laughs> so I hope everyone learns something today. Um, I think, though, as a, uh, as a little pay, payback, for that incredible Irish accent. Would you like to say something in character uh, from mouth time? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And the, <laughs> the beauty about this, the beauty about this is that this is, uh, this is my episode, so I don't actually have to as well. I'm so embarrassed, Rachel. I can't do accents at all, so there's no way that I can I do can't anything. No, yours was it's good. It's so embarrassing. No, yours was good. Thank yours you was so really much. good. No, I was just going to say my whole family is from uh, Philadelphia in Pennsylvania, and I can't even do their accents. I'm a complete disaster. <laughs> well, you do a brilliant Valley Girl. And listen, we're looking forward to having you in Ireland, so thank you so much for taking the call. Thank you. Okay, so we're back. We're talking about guilty pleasures today. So I wrote an article uh, a while ago about crushes because I got into a terrible amount of hassle amongst the editorial team because um, Michael Bolton was coming to Dublin. This is about a year ago. So I was just like, oh, yeah. And I got really excited about it um, because he's always been a big crush of mine. And they all thought that it was the weirdest thing ever. And I was like, I'm sorry, you cannot sing like Michael Bolton can sing and not expect me to be in love with you oh every my God, time you sing. Oh genuine love in your eyes. Oh, Eve. like yeah, you look you look like you're talking about someone you know and love for years. You just up your glow. I mean, yes. don't make me sing his songs, but I'll just like some of his lyrics like how can we be lovers if we can't be friends? Like marry me immediately. I'm so obsessed with you're Michael ready. Bolton. Yeah. I'm ready for him. Um but yeah, so it got us talking about a few of our guilty pleasures and I was asking some of the the ladies. So I'll just run through some of these quickly and you can kind of yay or nay these as we go. So, may he rest in peace. Alan Rickman, uh, yeah. but only love actually Alan Rickman, not like Robin Snape. Hood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, oh, not Snape. Not Snape. So Alan Rickman, love actually. Yeah, I'd yeah. say he'd be great with the garden. He would. He'd be a nice man to live with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that's not what this is about. Maybe I'm just thinking of like <laughs> a life partner. It's like you seeing like your 65 year old kind of. I told you, didn't coming I? Coming through a little bit. I'd say he'd make a great cup of tea. He yeah, would. And a sandwich. Yeah, I bet he'd yeah. love like a Sunday snuggle as well. Uh, Liam Neeson and Schindler's List. These are very specific crushes now. Okay, yeah. I like that you've been specific. Yeah. Liam Neeson, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. He'd protect you. He would. Mm. Louis Theroux and basically anything. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's, I don't even think that's guilty. No, he's so no, intelligent. I, he's just got a wave with I words. I think these are all classically handsome men. Yes. Really? Yeah. Alan Rick- weird people. Okay, we're getting a little weirder now. Hugh Hefner. I didn't no, say this. No, no thanks. Okay, Denise Curtin said that. I'm just going to name and shame her right there. <laughs> um, Val Kilmer. <laughs> Only in Top Gun, though. Not in yeah. that weird Batman movie or pretty much anything after 1999. So Val Kilmer on the I'm beach. I'm going to go with no thanks. Okay. <laughs> Tom Hanks, Turner and Hooch, another man who'd be yeah. great in the garden. Tom Hanks, he'd yeah. be lovely. Oh, I feel like he'd build you a fence. He, he would. would. Yeah. And plant a few 
bits around it. He would. Yeah, he would. He'd have a great bed. And oh. Alec Baldwin. But this, again, this is Denise Curtin. So this is, um, she's a writer for her.ie. So she said Alec Baldwin in uh, It's Complicated, which was yes. a pretty poorly received movie. Yes. That I love that movie. Meryl Streep as well. And you just know that it's one of those movies that like Meryl was just like, we'll just top up the bank balance by a few million. Like nothing. She goes for either the Oscar ones or, or she just goes for like the the pure the, froth just pure froth yeah so um, I didn't controversial though Steve Martin in It's Complicated mm. he was looking a bit puffy faced but I think uh, would you have chosen him over Alec Baldwin I think I might have I get a creepy vibe off Alec Baldwin I'm sorry Alec. yeah I feel like Steve Martin had about 75 facelifts in It's Complicated <laughs> he though. did yeah he but did. it kind of endeared him to me I kind of felt sorry for him I was like ah you're lovely I, I, like, I like him in Cheaper by the Dozen Okay, yeah. Yeah. There are other ways that he could look younger. He could just like put a bit of dye in his hair or something as opposed to like going full wind we tunnel on his face. We can't all be Robert face. Redford though. We no. can't all be aging oh. gracefully. Fine wine. Robert Redford. We're, we're, we're digressing. We've we're, yeah. <laughs> we're moving away from guilty pleasures and just talking about beautiful pleasures. men now. Yes. Okay, guilty pleasure crushes. Throw them at me. Selena. So I take umbrage with your list because they're all classically attractive in my last job we had a conversation about this and all the girls were thrown out theirs and they were like oh like Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe and I'm like come on now that's not yeah, yeah they're especially talking. because they reveal theirs after I revealed mine which is David Suchet who played Poirot in the ITV series Poirot <laughs> I don't even oh, know don't who know. that is can we see him I have to Google up on the screen I have there to Google him. him but all the girls are like ooh um, maybe like Tom Hardy and I'm like no this is not the game how guys. do you spell Poirot P-O-I-R-O-T and David Suchet is S-U-C-H-E-T Nice second name Suchet away I mean he's a wonderful actor and seems to be a great man he does a lot of charity work but (laughs) (laughs) you have a whole narrative around this you're like I know him I love him (laughs) Okay um, I don't really know what image to get (laughs) (laughs) It's always a good sign (laughs) Not for me He plays a tiny angry Belgian detective and I'm I'm just into it. I don't know what to Okay, say. let's look at him out of character. I mean, Selena. He's lovely, though. Yeah, he'd be punching if he was with you, <laughs> though. You know? Well, that's lovely to hear because Listen, I'm ready. He's also it. about 85. Like, <laughs> he's much honest. older he's than He's much, much, much yeah. older than you. And he has a specific kind of look that I don't think every guy will be into. And I'm not usually into, but he's just got a certain charm. I have a feeling that this is more about the character that he plays. Yeah. On TV, yeah. Okay. Well, the character he plays is kind of cantankerous, but him, he's just one of those actors who seems genuinely lovely and wonderful. So probably more about the man, the actor. I think so far you're the only one who's really nailed this game. Rebecca, what Um, do you think? Mine's, he wouldn't be my cup of tea, but uh, for me, I've always had a little crush on Noel Fielding. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah, yeah, he kind of looks like a bat um, and he's really pale <laughs> and he has dark hair. I just think he's really funny and people are like, eh. And then when he did the Bake Off, I was like, oh, no. I don't great. know about him on the Bake Off. I feel like I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to take someone who would never be yes. involved in something like that. But I think they kind of missed it because the man had no idea about anything to do with baking, which like is fine. You don't have to if you're yeah, being a presenter. No, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. But I like him. I don't think that's that guilty I think he's funny do you know like yeah. I think that I think funniness is very attractive in a, in a man that's what I think definitely anyway. and then this isn't really I think this person I I feel like a lot of people fancy this person Dermot Bannon 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've seen a few tweets to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, Dermot Bannon was definitely one of the Irish crushes that we had. And Tubbs was up there as well. Ryan Tuberty. Nah. Nah. <laughs> I love what's so interesting about this that is that even though we're talking about like pure lust yeah. in, in a crush, I think that's what we're talking about. For sure. We're all talking about people who we think would make us feel a certain way. Yeah. Like who would make us a lovely cup of tea, who would make us laugh, who would be like very sophisticated and tell us about cool books we should read. I know. There's not a lot of like basic objective going on here. No, no, no. And I'm not, and this is the thing, like this is, this is purely about how it makes us feel. So of course we're not trying to objectify anybody. But for example, if I was going to objectify someone, <laughs> Ryan Tuberty, when he presented the toy show this year, yeah. this past year, I mean, there was a little bit of thirst going on when it came to Tuberty. From you or from the nation? No, maybe? from the nation. Okay. Yeah. Like as in people were just like, hang on a second. He came out in the in the snowman shirt first, I think. Yeah. And it wasn't like the classic bobble jumper. And everyone was just like, hang on. You can't beat his shirt. I think as well, the, the toy show this year was quite emotional, you know, and he reunited the family with the dad. Yeah. I was like, oh, Ryan. So I yeah, I, I get it a bit, but like Dermot Bannon over Ryan Tuberty any day. I think so too. I mean, we, we have a new absolute nation bay at the moment, <laughs> which, is, yeah. which is Simon, Simon Harris. Harris. I mean, like we, we've spoken about him on site and people people are excited. People <laughs> are, are excited people are for Simon Harris. Okay, I do want to talk a little bit about reality TV and the reason I want to talk about this is it is a guilty pleasure of mine we kind of touched on it a little bit talking about Sabrina the teenage witch earlier and stuff like that I want to ask first what are your feelings around Love Island I've not watched it at all ever so was it on years ago it, it's been on it was on like it's four, 15 it years series. ago oh no and resurrected Am I mixing up with something else? There was a reality TV show on years and years ago, and it was called it was called The Villa. Oh yeah, and yes. I feel like Love Island has taken little snippets of that, but The Villa was a character herself within this game, and so oh, she she was the okay. narrator, but she was also the character, and you never really knew. Anyway, there was no premise to it aside from the fact that it was just a bunch of drunk people in a villa. So yeah. I think that's where maybe you were thinking of. But Possibly. I think Love Island is only a few years old. Yeah, it's only been a couple. Was Callum best on Love Island? Oh God, he definitely did one of those type of shows. I feel like there was another dating show that was just set on a tropical. Well, there's X on the Beach, which is... Oh, yeah, I don't oh like God. X on the Beach. I prefer Love Island. X on the Beach is really... It's just everyone's fighting with each other. I don't like it. I'm obsessed with X on the Are Beach. Are you? Like, I can't stop watching it. And you know what you were talking about earlier about, like, your brain and not mm. really feeding it and stuff? Like, if you watch X on the Beach, there's you're not getting anything out of it. And that's not necessarily true. I did learn things like what swilling someone is. Do you what know what is that is? That? Oh, no. If you throw a drink in someone's face, you've got swilled. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God, how often? Does that happen in these people's oh, lives? Lot. And it happened. <laughs> come up with a word for it. Yeah, I know. It happens on this show quite a bit. But yeah, so I'm obsessed. I, I didn't watch Love Island last year because the year before it became too much of an obsession for me and I was watching it religiously every single night. So we have a date, June 4th. It's coming back and I'm excited. I think I'm going to watch it this Season. I'm going to watch it every single night because I only got into it kind of halfway through last year after my friends were watching it. But oh, okay. uh, I'm going to I'm going to properly sit down every single evening and watch it now. Now, did you watch it last season? Yes, well, for halfway through. 
Okay, and so what did you think of it last season? Did you think it was good or did you think it was like, meh? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I used to love Jersey Shore. I don't really like Geordie Shore, but I used to love Jersey Shore. So I, I and I love like Big Brother and Celebrity Big Brother. So I, I'm fond of the reality television. I'm fond of the reality television mm. as well. Like, I mean, keeping up with the Kardashians and stuff like that, I feel like it's too far removed from reality that I can't really connect with it. But for some reason, these British reality TV shows I'm obsessed with. We ran a piece actually about the amount of money that the contestants from Love yes, Island are making. I saw so that. the thing is as well is that it's not just them wanting to go on this show. Like I don't none of them want to find love. They want to get famous, yeah. right? I mean that's basically it. You really need to do the narration for the show with oh, just that line. Yes. <laughs> they're all here, none of them want to find love. But I don't first know off, what they're, to do they're 21, 22 years of age. Like you'd be mad to think that you should be finding love at that age anyway. Like have the crack. But then now I didn't watch it last season, so I don't know any of these people. But the amount of money that they are making now on their Instagram posts stop. Just from being on Love Island. So Kem, is that his name? Yes. Okay, so he's got two million followers now. So he he gets about 9,820 euro per post that he does on Instagram. She's good for Kem. Now, he was very cute. Him and Chris had a little bromance going on last year. So that was kind of, they were my favourite last year. It wasn't really about the love. It was about the friendship. Chris would get 9,329 euro per post on each Instagram. Amber Davis, about seven and a half grand. Like that is huge money. Just sure. For- there's a very short time frame on this though. If Love Island is replenishing itself yeah. every year, they're going to only have a year Two to make to five years of earning this and then people are going to be like uh who I feel like that's it as well and apparently this year there's been like a crazy landslide of applications like apparently 150,000 people applied wow. to be on Love Island this year because it's a surefire way to get a little bit of cash and to get a little bit of recognition unless you're absolutely completely boring like our own Rob unfortunately he didn't oh yeah he didn't really say anything did he, he didn't do he didn't give him any camera time no do you know you're looking at me like you have no idea I'm like oh that Rob yeah <laughs> <Classic> Rob <laughs> Rob Lipset you know him no. he's a he's a fitness YouTuber and uh, no. blogger yeah, he was on it, but only briefly. He was only on about two or three episodes, I think. Or I was know. it even more? I, really I can't catch up. He's anyway, so you'll watch it this year and I think you'll fall in I love. I am possibly in the market because back in the day, I used to love the trashy dating shows. Does anyone remember Tila Tequila's A Shot at Love? Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> oh my God. Fantastic. Well, Incredible. That was different to um, Flavor Flav's time for love I'm just guessing because he wears a clock doesn't he but he was looking yes. for love as well and then there was the shoot off I love New York because he nicknamed he used to nickname all the women yeah because I don't know why they couldn't use their names but he <laughs> nicknamed one of them New York and she came second so oh, then she did a spin off trying right. to find love and then I'm like how many spin offs can you have like can one of the New York's gentlemen like yeah. contestants have a spin-off Just did you watch Dating in the Dark yes it was on, It used to be on during yeah. the day on Channel 4 or on E4 I used to love it but like you, you just go into a room in the dark with someone and you'd be like <laughs> yeah <laughs> using yeah, your hands like, to hello. try and decipher if they had a nice face I mean sometimes it's like so, sometimes it's been like a Wednesday evening late and I've stumbled upon like butt naked people on TV who are dating each other and there's that woman who used to do the diet shows and like it's everything it's 
um, vaginas and penis and everything is just sending it. So you look at them naked. What's the name oh, of it? What's it called? Naked Attraction. Naked Attraction. Yeah. Thank you. I was like, how is nobody else? Yeah, I don't think I've watched that. <laughs> but naked people are just standing looking at each other and you're judging them on, on their physical attributes. Which I think is just... Yeah. inefficient way to find love isn't it really I mean it's the most mortifying thing I can think of <laughs> how much do these people get paid to do that or are they just like oh I'll just go on the telly naked I just feel more awkward, awkward paid I feel more Lord. awkward for the presenter who's standing there fully clothed <laughs> and just at them beside like three, higher ocean beside three or four naked people because yeah, you'd feel like the weirdo then I know yeah, yeah. clothed Anyway, so look, I, I had a look online about some, about, not about that. I had a look online <laughs> about um, some other guilty, Whatever, guilty pleasures, right? And these were kind of the ones that came back and I'm going to let you go now. Um, but before we go, and again, we're not shaming anybody. These are not guilty pleasures. If you're proud of these things, this is fine. Selena, actually, one of the things that came up was having a dance party by ourselves. Oh, is a nice guilty good. pleasure that women do. I think that's great. I do that I in my bedroom. It. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Watching and enjoying movies or series that are intended for teenage girls. Yes. Yeah. Riverdale. No. Do you watch Riverdale? No. Anyone? no I oh, I love it. I don't know if it, I don't know what age group. I mean, they're all teenagers, but I love that. What's it about? It's about a group of high school kids and um, someone gets murdered. Dum dum dum. Dum dum dum. Yeah. Wow. So it's the, the whole, town's that's really... the whole premise. Yeah. And that's the first season. And then the second season, there's a serial killer. I mean, to be honest with you, if I like stumble upon Twilight, I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not mad at that. Gossip Girl. Yes, one hundred percent. Getting hit on even though we're in a relationship. Mm, like, oh, not God, that's so sad. I'm trying to think the last time that yeah, happened. I don't really pleasure. talk to men anymore. <laughs> really? No, not really. I do talk to like my friends, but I wouldn't be out like chatting to some random lad in a club. You're both in relationships. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think. Uh, yeah, if I thought I was being chatted up, I think I would be like so over it right. within five minutes that I'd be like, ah, oh, here, I'm sorry. But can you tell if you're being chatted up? Well, or? I, I don't think I've been chatted up in about five years, so okay. possibly. <laughs> it's hard this to know This is just making sometimes. me sad. I'm like, why? Is I know. Sometimes people are just friendly and you're like, mm. you know, it's hard to know. Sometimes it's you're like, I guess. actually don't want to be talked to by a stranger. Yeah. I think it's that point if you're being talked to by a stranger that you have to go are you talking to me for the chats or yeah. are you trying to hit on me and then there's the thing of like are you being really presumptuous then by presuming that you're just, sorry I'm not wearing my I have a boyfriend sandwich board today <laughs> yeah. so like, like and ringing my bell because you're assuming that anyone would fancy you yeah so I don't know about that one but um, thinking this is one that I absolutely do thinking of baby names before we are anywhere near bearing children oh yeah I've had names in my head before I was like going out and anybody I was always tell like, us my, um, so my name's Rebecca and uh, everyone calls me Reb, my friend. So I want to call my kids Seb as in Sebastian. Oh, that's very that's cute. Reb and really? Seb. Reb and Seb. Yeah, I don't know whoever is like the father of my child will want that. But I'm like, I'm just, my son's being called Seb. That's incredible. I'm thinking about the Instagram account already, like Reb and Seb. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, like, yeah. I'd follow it. So that's if it's a boy. What about girls? Do you have any girls? Uh, no, I don't have any girls' names. No? No, not yet. I don't have any names like stocked up, but I love helping other people pick their names. Really? Regardless of whether they're pregnant or not really yeah I do a lot in the hair salon for some reason do you there's always a pregnant lady beside me and she's always like I'm not sure and I'm like okay 
I you're like, let's me. get out this magazine and look for <laughs> look for names. I, love I it. feel like it's such a huge amount of pressure picking a name for a human being. Yeah. But I changed my name when I was young because I didn't like my name. So I tried to get everybody to call me Crystal. I think I've said this on the podcast before. Wait, was your name? Were you? Were, do you mean that you were Neve and then you tried to be called Crystal? Yes, yes. Oh, well, I thought you were saying that your name was Crystal Aww. and you decided to be called Neve. No, no. <laughs> um, my name is Neve, always has been, but for some reason I was watching Moon Dreamers, a classic 90s cartoon. Do you guys remember no. that? Moon Dreamers. Yes, I tried to change my name to Crystal. She had pink hair yes. and only one of my dad's friends, uh, whose name is Michael, ever called me Crystal. It never really caught on. So you were going around enforcing this to the adults oh. in your life. <laughs> oh, yes. And how old were you? I was about eight. Oh, that's very yes. cute. I think you just got under the cute threshold there. If you were 13 or 14, people might have been like, They've ah, like notions. I know. Get in the sea, Crystal. It's too much. Yeah. And now I kind of feel like if I ever do have a girl, I'm going to have to call her Crystal just for the little seven-year-old girl who didn't want to be Neve. And it was only because there was like seven other Neves in my class. It was a very popular name. Yeah, when there's somebody else at your name, you're always just like, yeah. my name is this. Yeah. Evil, evil I think you twin. need to meet the, the kids sometimes though like I, I feel like if I had a baby I'd have to like have a look at it and chat to it and see what I wanted to call yeah it might come out and it might not look like a Seb yeah what if it wasn't a Seb I'd be like your name's Owen and what if <laughs> you're clearly Owen <laughs> yes. mate come on what if what if it doesn't or what if you call it Seb or call it Sebastian and then as it grows you're just like that's not Sebastian <laughs> I don't know I think you'd be like we're gonna change your name I think that does happen though sometimes when when the kids younger people are like oh we'll just call him David <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I'm or sure you can always changed. smooth over it with a nickname. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Lads, we have to wrap up now. But before we go, Selena, onefabday.com, what is the next big wedding that's on the horizon? I love how you said that, like, you're, the people who kind of read your site and stuff are very practical and stuff. Mm. And you were drip feeding them a little bit of the um, royal wedding just to see yeah. how it was. So did they go mad for it? Like, are you going to be doing a they lot did. more of like celebrity weddings? And if so, what would be the next big one that's kind of coming down the way? They went mad for it because we knew so many details of Meghan and Harry's big day. We knew about the cake and the flowers and the music. And because it was the kind of slightly rustic alternative style that our brides like anyway yeah. I can't think of a celebrity couple who are going to do something where we have so much access to information about their wedding yeah. like even when Serena Williams got married it was kind of like here's the picture doesn't she look great the end Yeah, we don't know what her cake looked like or what her flowers were um, so Fair play to Kensington Palace for releasing all that I mean, stuff yeah. as well. Shout out to Kenzo because yeah. they've been my life for the past month. Um, so we're going to go back to our classic content, which is, uh, yeah, like anything we can do to make planning a wedding easier for the readers. Yeah, amazing. I really like the site. It's really, really it's good. It's lovely. We've got a post coming up about how to pee in your wedding dress, which I'm really excited about. That's the type of stuff that you need to know about. It though. is, isn't I it? I know, because you kind of see it in movies sometimes and it just, lo- well, obviously it depends on the dress but I'm presuming that you are going to be peeing with like a bunch of other women in the in the toilet yeah, with you. Yeah, it depends. There, depending on the dress, there are many tactics. See, like, that's great because, you know, I was talking to someone about um, Megan and she was asking me, she was just like, I wonder what she's doing like right now. And I would say, I'd say she's taking an emodium, like, because I'd say she's <laughs> got... she's so calm well, in she, that car? She, I'd say she definitely took a few other things other than emodium, but I'd say she had... 
like nervous poops. She absolutely had to. Yeah. You'd have to. You like, would have to. Harry looked like he was well. fraught. Oh you know, my but God. Megan was just so calm. Mm. Like it was like she had just had a massage <laughs> and come from a meditation session. I know. Harry was like, <laughs> and I don't care if you're a duchess or the queen or a corgi. Everybody gets nervous poo. They do. So I'm really sorry that On I brought that the note. tone. <laughs> I'm sorry that I that I brought the tone down from so much. Rebecca, we can hear your dulcet tones on 98FM, isn't oh, that yes. right? So I'll be playing a few tunes now, you know? Yeah. Making a few memes, doing I'm, my bits. I'm excited. Do you have any plans for your memes for the um, next while? What's... Go- no, not really. Not... It just depends on what... I'm trying to think, what's the next big thing that's coming up? I make a lot of festival memes. Oh, yeah. yes, of course. Yeah. Summer festival, festival time. Festival memes. They're, they'll be happening. Okay, that's good. I'm yeah. excited about it. Are you going to any festivals yourself? Uh, I'm going to go to... For, I'm actually going to go to everything. Are you really? Yeah, I'm maybe not Body and Soul. I've never been to Body and Soul, but I would like to go. But I'm going to go to Forbidden Fruit and Longitude and Electropedia. Body and Soul is amazing. I went there last year. It's really, really good. But I actually went down, drove, and then drove back in the evening time because I think I'm over Same. waking up in a yeah, festival true. situation now at this age, mm. at this ripe old age that I'm at. I just like to be clean. I also like to be clean. I burned myself out on festivals because when I was writing for Hot Press, I went to every Irish festival that was on every year for about six years. Yeah. So I got to the point where I just couldn't handle it anymore. But this year I am going to the Sunday of Longitude, which is Sampha and Solange. I actually... Two of my faves. I actually went to Longitude sober last year as well. So like going to festivals and driving home is is a good time. It is. It's definitely different than your 20s. I I love day festivals. You can just go home to your bed and shower the next day just being in a tent is not my favourite thing to do yeah, anymore I'm over it yeah. I'm a little bit over it as well right that is all the time we have for now thank you so much to my guest panellists Rebecca Shackleton and Selena Murphy for coming in Shane Dempsey was on sound this week Anya Leach and Fiona Delaney were helping me out behind the scenes I'm Neve Marr and we'll chat to you next week